Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. Incredible honor uh, to preach uh, for Shredder Sunday. Because I just believe that this is one of the most powerful nights of the whole 52 Sundays. And I want to encourage you that tonight, (coughs) it's not just about putting some paper in a shredder. Because if that's what you're thinking tonight, see, I believe, I believe that one touch can literally change everything. And I was a drug addict for 10 years and it was one touch that literally changed everything. (coughs) See, but I love that because I believe in process. I believe that sometimes we go through the valley and God works things out along the way. But then there's other times where it's not about the process, it's about the one touch changes everything. And a lot of churches get it a bit wrong where they're either all about the process and no power. And then there's other churches that are all about everything's one touch changes everything and no process. But I'm thankful that we're part of a church that believes in the process, but also believes in the power of God, that one touch can change everything. And that's why we have Shredder Sunday, because it's a, it's a moment where we're, it's not about the process tonight. Tonight is about one touch changing everything. And I want to encourage you to build some faith and expectation as we go tonight. You know, there's a lady in the Bible that has a great miracle. The Bible says she had this condition, this sickness for 12 years, nobody could help her. She wasn't allowed to go outside because of her condition, but she risked everything. Because she heard Jesus was in the vicinity and the Bible says she crawled on her hands and her feet, but it says this, it says, she said to herself, she said to herself, if only I touch the hem of His garment, I will be healed. See, I wanna tell you right now before we even start, how you think the end is gonna go, what you say to yourself now about how it's gonna end will determine what you're gonna receive. If you say to yourself that it's just a bit of paper with some words and a shredder from a shop, then that's what it'll be. But if you'll say to yourself that as I walk that thing down the aisle, as I put it in the shredder, as someone puts oil on my head and prays a prayer, that depression is gonna leave anxiety's gonna go this addiction that's hindered me for too long tonight's the night that it all changes but I want to preach this for a little bit thank you so much guys didn't the worship team do such a great job tonight I want to just preach some thoughts into this this thing and and I want to help you not just for tonight but for tomorrow and the next day and beyond and and this thought as I heard I was preaching on Shredder Sunday I couldn't escape this thought. And it was a simple thought. It's an unusual one. And I had this thought that it's funny how things that can't speak, 
In other words, things that can't practically or physically speak. They, they don't have a mouth or a tongue or a voice box. Things that can't physically or practically speak can actually speak. I don't know if you've been to the 9-11 Ground Zero Memorial. And just forgive me for a moment if we could take the emotion out of it just for one second. It's a beautiful, uh, you know, it's a beautiful memorial, but it's concrete and it's tiles and it's water and it's some names. And those things by themselves, they can't speak. Concrete can't speak. But you only have to visit that site for a moment and you realise that something that can't speak actually has the power to speak. I mean, for Abraham, it was the stars. Stars can't speak. But for Abraham that night, the stars, they really spoke. Any person that's been married for a small amount of time knows that practically eyes can't physically speak. But when you say the wrong thing at a party and those eyes come at you, you know there's trouble when you get in that car on the way home. But at the same time, those eyes can say something very different. Like it's going to be a good, good night. <laughs> Just, are they, yeah, okay. <laughs> but see, things that can't speak actually have the power to speak. I remember when I was a brand new Christian. And, and literally brand new and I was naive and, and foreign to the whole church concept. And God began to speak to me that one day I'd become His mouthpiece and, and that I would speak and preach. And I can honestly say to you at that moment, I didn't even know that there were people that were preachers as their job. I, I didn't know that there were conferences that happened with thousands of people hearing about the Word of God. I'd just been in my little church maybe for three or four months. And, but He was speaking to me about being a mouthpiece and Somebody paid for me to go to this thing called Hillsong Conference. I didn't even know what it was. We flew to Sydney. I went to this arena, a 20,000 seat arena. We got there early and I stood in that room and I watched like little ants, people just, you know, coming and coming and the room was filling and, and it began to buzz and you could feel the atmosphere. And the reality is a 20,000 seat auditorium can't speak, but that night to me, that 20,000 seat auditorium, it began to speak. See, things that can't speak physically can actually speak. But the only way something that can't physically or practically speak can speak is if it finds a willing vessel that really can speak. See, without the willing vessel, the thing that can't speak can never speak. And I wonder tonight if the real problem for us is not just the things that we're going to shred. It's not just the mistakes that you made in 2018, but the real problem is the mistakes that you made have found a willing vessel that keeps enabling them to be able to speak. I wonder if the problem is not the divorce that happened long ago, but the fact that the divorce has found a willing vessel that has enabled something that has no business speaking to be able to speak. I wonder if, and I love the testimony tonight, a doctor's report is not the real issue, but it's when we become a willing vessel and we enable the doctor's report to speak. See, because it's one thing to get your miracle tonight. And I believe people are going to get a miracle in this place tonight. But as much as I'm a faith one touch man, I know that tomorrow that thing will still try and speak. And if you don't have the ability to silence the thing that speaks, then you'll go back to that place 
because you're allowing something that has no business speaking to speak into your life. The only way something can speak is if it finds a willing vessel that enables it to speak. See, Genesis chapter three, I wanna give you a little insight into the enemy because the enemy is the same. The enemy, he can speak in a, in a spiritual sense, but he can't speak in our physical world unless he finds a willing vessel that enables him to be able to speak. And I wanna give you some insight into the enemy that has a plan. Genesis chapter three, verse one to five. We're gonna read it. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, he told her a lie. And I wonder, just can I have my apple just for a moment? I wonder, because whenever we think about, thank you, beautiful. There's those eyes again. Uh, <laughs> When we think about the apple, we often think about temptation. We often think about being tempted and we've all been there as humans. We've all had a moment where something shiny and tempting and, and we knew it wasn't good to eat it, but we gave in in a, in a fleeting moment of temptation and we bit into the thing that we shouldn't have bit into. And we often think about the apple as temptation. But I want to put to you something different. I wonder if the apple is not just temptation, but the apple is the lie that the enemy wants you to, that he wants you to swallow. Because what he really did is he put a lie, an, an untruth, and he put it in front of them. And, 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 and what he tr does is he tries to get us to bite the lie. He puts the lie that we believe about ourselves, about him, about others. And as soon as we bite and swallow that lie, we enable that thing that has no business speaking to be able to speak into our lives. I've shared my story before, but I had drug-induced psychosis for three years of my life. It happened when I was 16 years old, I took an acid trip. I overdosed for three hours where I was tormented by demons. I wasn't a Christian, I didn't go to church. I saw things, I'm 42 years old. I would have a list of 10 pretty tough experiences in my 42 years, roughly. But without a doubt, the most traumatic experience of my entire 42 years was when I was 16 and I had that encounter with pure evil. That left me with what psychologists would have diagnosed as drug-induced psychosis. After that, the television would speak to me. The radio would speak to me. The enemy would speak through people directly to me. I would hear him in my mind and in my heart. And the thing that he convinced me of is he convinced me that who I'd met, because I was not a believer at all, I knew no knowledge of the Bible. He convinced me that who I'd met that particular night was not the devil, but I'd met God Almighty and He was evil. And I believed 100% that the devil was the puppet master controlling everything. It was a few years into it and I was very close to ending my life because of the torment, the, the, just the ridicule, the, uh, the, 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 the hatred that would come into my mind telling me to kill myself every day. And I was watching of all shows, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Oprah saved my life. It wasn't Dr. Phil, 
It was Oprah. And the man on her show was an atheist and he shared my exact sort of story. But for him, he was clinically dead. Demons were ripping his soul apart. He's telling this story. Never prayed a prayer in his entire life. And as demons are ripping his soul apart, he prays his first ever prayer at the age of about 55. A staunch atheist and he says, God, if you're real, can you help me? And he woke up on the operating table with defibrillators on his chest and he gave glory to Jesus Christ. See, it was in that moment that the lie was broken. See, psychologists would tell me, and I know there's some truth in this, that the reason I had psychosis was because it was drug-induced. But what I would put to you is, the reason I was bound in my psychosis is because I bit the apple. There was a lie that was presented before me. And as I bit the apple, believing as weird as it might sound to you that He was God, it was like I enabled Him to be the one to speak into my life. See, I wonder for you, maybe you struggle with depression, but the lie that you've bit into is He's sat down rationally with you and He's spoken to you in your mind. He says, well, hang on a minute. Come on, your grandfather had depression and mom had depression and depression, it's just part of our family tree and it's just something that you need to manage and you bit into that apple and now you've enabled Him to be able to speak to you however He wants. See, maybe for you, it's, you're struggling with pornography, but you rationally had a conversation and He presented before you. Come on, it's, it's okay to look at it every now and again. I mean, this is the most sexualized generation that's ever been. And it's okay if you just do it every now and again and you bit into the lie. And now you've enabled the thing that has no business speaking to you, but now it's speaking to you. See, but I want to show you something. I'm going to get Brad to come in just a moment to help me. But I want to show you that I just want to reveal the plan of the enemy and then we're going to get into something good. But, but see, what the enemy does is first he sells the lie. He puts the lie. Did God really say? It won't really happen how God said. And then they bit into the apple. But as soon as you bite into the lie, the devil switches things around in verse chapter 3, verse 9 to 11. So they've bitten in, and, but the Lord God, He called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. Listen, I was afraid. There was fear that had come upon Him. Why? Because I was naked. Speaking about feeling vulnerable and ashamed and, and guilty and condemned. And, and I was full of fear. I was naked. And I love this next verse. It says, and He said, who told you? that you were naked. I know someone that sounds a little bit like fear and shame and condemnation and guilt and makes me feel naked and like I'm not good enough. And that's how they were feeling. And the first thing that God says is, who told you that you were like this? And I'll put to you that it was the serpent that once you bite into the lie, then he switches places and now he puts guilt and shame and says, you're let me quickly show you. Where's Brad? Where's Brad? Here he is, my beautiful assistant. All right, let me stand on this side. Let me show you how it goes. And now, you know, the, the apple's put before Brad in his mind and, and Brad's believing that 2019 could be really good, that he could be incredibly blessed. But the enemy is like, but Brad, what about all the mistakes that you made in 18? 
What about the things that no one knows about? What about all the times that you've had to say you were sorry to God? What about every single mistake, Brad? I mean, maybe next year could be half okay, but you can't really believe for an incredible year, Brad, because of all your mistakes. And then as soon as he does it, now the enemy swaps places. You can turn and face me. Now the enemy swaps places because you've bitten the lie. And now the enemy says, and forgive me because I'm acting right now, okay, as the devil, and this is not really about Brad. But now the enemy starts to say, see, Brad, you're a loser. Like seriously, as if 2019 is going to be any better. As if you're going to break out of all those things, you should feel ashamed. Brad, seriously, are you even a Christian? Like you put your hands up in worship, you say you love, but what about all the mistakes, Brad? Seriously, seriously. Who knows that Brad is one of the greatest men on the planet and our youth pastor, thank you so much. (laughs) But see, I, I just want to show you Because that's what He does, is He gets you to eat the lie. He gets you to, He just wants you to bite into the lie. And as soon as you bite into that lie, He now switches around and He throws condemnation and shame. You've enabled something that shouldn't be able to speak to speak because you bit the lie. See, the Bible in Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation, when you think of a house that's been condemned, that house is, is no longer of any great value. It is it's worth less than it once was. That house, if it's condemned, it can no longer be used for the purpose that it was built to be used for. Condemnation is about devaluing. And that's what the enemy does. But as Christians, a lot of us know that Scripture. And we're all like, yeah, yeah, that's right. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. But talk to any pastor. And I promise one of the number one issues that I talk to people about is how condemned they feel. How much shame is on them. But hang on a minute, it says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. And and we sort of interpret that as there's no condemnation for those that are Christians, that love God, that are serving God, that go to church. And I wonder if you could flip it like this, instead of trying to believe there's no condemnation for Christians. I wonder if instead you took condemnation as a marker as an alarm, as something that got your attention. That as soon as maybe I've bitten the apple on a lie and now shame and guilt and I'm feeling naked, I'm feeling not good enough, I'm feeling devalued. But as soon as I feel like that, what if you took that as a marker? Hang on a second. If I'm experiencing condemnation, I mustn't be in Christ. Let me tell you the good news about being in Christ. You don't need to answer an altar call to be in Christ. You don't need to do a three-day fast to be in Christ. You don't need to read 10 chapters of your Bible to be in Christ. You can simply make a decision right now. I'm going to be in Christ. See, what if you took condemnation as a marker to, hang on a sec, I must have slipped out right now. I'm getting back in Christ. I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I am holy and blameless. I am a son or daughter of the Most High God. Let's get ready to start to wrap this up. See, there's, see what happens, I just want to show you this journey in Genesis. See, what happens is He stands and He sells you the lie. He tries to get you to bite the lie. And as soon as you bite the lie, now you've enabled the thing that can't speak to be able to speak. And the language he speaks is condemnation, fear, guilt, shame, telling you how terrible you are. 
But see, when you've enabled that to speak, let's look what happens. The very next thing after all of that junk speaks, it says in verse 23, So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which He had been taken. See, when the enemy brings the lie, when you bite the lie, it enables the condemnation, the shame, the guilt, but then the guilt and the shame and the condemnation, it'll drive you from your Garden of Eden. It'll drive you from your place of peace and rest and drive you to a place where you're not meant to be. But then it tells us the very next thing that happens is in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It says, see, see they, 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 they bought the lie, they bit the lie. It enabled the condemnation, the guilt, the shame. The way that they were feeling from all of the condemnation drove them out of their place of peace and rest. And then the first thing they did when they were out of their place of peace and rest is it said they made love and they gave birth to Cain. See, when you're driven out of that place of peace and rest because of guilt, shame and condemnation, you will give birth to a Cain. <laughs> Just if the keyboarder could come. See in verse 7, let me tell you, sorry, in that scripture, it tells her that she called him Cain because she acquired him. I want you to catch this. She acquired him from God. And the name Cain, it actually means acquired. It doesn't mean acquire. It doesn't mean acquirer. Past tense, acquired. But then watch this in verse 7. God says, because Cain bought the wrong offering, He says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, listen, sin is crouching at your door. Listen, it desires to have you. In other words, Cain, you'll be acquired. You'll be taken. See, think of Adam and Eve. They bit the untruth. It enabled the enemy to bring guilt, shame, condemnation. It drove them from their place of peace. They gave birth or or they, a part of themselves, which was Cain, became acquired from the enemy. See, really the things that we're shredding tonight, mostly are the things that have been acquired by the one that should not have acquired them. But the greatest part of the story is in verse 10, where he eventually kills Abel because when you let a part of yourself be acquired by the enemy, eventually it'll result in death. But this whole picture that I'm sharing really is the fall of man. It shows Lucifer and the fall of man that, that, that we took the untruth, that condemnation and shame came. We were driven from where we were meant to be. We gave a part of ourselves to someone that had no business having that part. He acquired it. It caused us to bring death. But then the very next thing, once the death had come, because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And after Abel was killed, the Lord said to Cain, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me on the ground. Let me tell you about something else that can't really speak. But if it finds a willing vessel, 
it is able to speak. See, I want to tell you that the blood is the thing that speaks the loudest. The blood is the thing that says cancer can be healed. It's the blood that says that pornography addiction can be broken. It's the blood that says you don't have to be depressed anymore. It's the blood that says that relationship can be restored. It's the blood that says prosperity can come your way. It's the blood that causes fear to go. See, I love the thing that happened because what happened after the blood came? Cain, the thing that had been acquired by the enemy, was banished, was cut off. See, the thing that's been acquired, the thing that you allowed to, to sort, sort of to the enemy to have, that thing that you want to shred tonight, that thing that's been acquired when the blood spoke, that thing had to flee. That thing was forced out of town. See, that's what's going to happen tonight. We're not just putting some words in a shredder. We're coming with the authority of the fact that the blood has spoken. I'm not bringing my things just because it's a good idea. And I think it'd be nice to shred them. I'm bringing them because the blood has spoken and I'm putting them in in faith that if the blood has spoken, then I'm leaving these things in 2018 and I'm stepping into 2019. See, Connell's where the family that I've come from, all of my family are really loud. Both my boys who are both here tonight. I love them both so much, so proud of them. But both of them, they're also very loud. <laughs> so our house is pretty loud. And often they'll come to me and there's an argument going on. And both of them thinks they're right and they want me to listen. And what happens is it gets louder and louder. And it's not the right thing to happen. It's not the right way to deal with it. But what they both know is the loudest voice will be heard. So they try and speak over at the top of each other, hoping that I'll hear their argument and side with that specific sign. But see, sometimes when there's so much chaos with the voices that are screaming loud, what it takes is someone that has a louder voice than the voices that are speaking. Someone that has more authority than the voices that are speaking. Someone that would step in and silence the little voices and say, let me tell you how it's really gonna go down. I'm gonna tell you the way I'm telling you. Uh, this message is not just about Shredder Sunday, but it's about tomorrow when you wake up, when that thing keeps speaking to you, something on the inside needs to stand up with authority and say, you know what, devil, the blood has spoken. This thing is finished. My 2019 is going to be the greatest year that I've ever had. It's not because of how good I am, but the devil, the blood has spoken. The blood has silenced every word that you would speak. In just a moment, we're going to, in faith, not in our own faith, it doesn't need to be a massive long prayer. You're just gonna bring your thing that you say, that junk in 2008, listen, no one's gonna read your thing. For this moment now, it's between you and God. You're gonna come in faith. 
Not, not just because of this practice, but because of what was spoken about tonight. You're gonna come with authority. You're gonna write that thing down. It's not the shredder that makes it disappear in 2019. That's just our faith action, our faith declaration. But in just a moment, you're gonna bring that thing. Someone's just gonna quickly put oil on your head and they're just gonna agree with you that that thing in 18 is done and you're stepping in brand new to 19, as simple as that. And we're gonna hear testimony after testimony after testimony of how the blood has spoken. But before we open the altar for that and ask our team to come, I wonder if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus. I wonder if like me about 20 years ago, it was the first time I ever heard the Gospel. The first time I ever heard that this God came to earth as a man. <clears throat> See, the reason the blood has spoken is because of what Jesus did on the cross. That, 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 that thing I spoke to you about from the Old Testament, from Genesis, is a picture of the New Testament. That God was revealing that one day the blood really would speak. The blood that was shed from a God that loved you so much that His blood would shed. And I wonder if you're here tonight and you've never ever given your life to Jesus. Or I wonder if you're here tonight and you've done this before, but for whatever reason, you know that you're not right with God. And right now I'm gonna ask everyone to close their eyes and to bow their heads. And in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And if you're in either of those two groups tonight, when I get to three and you'd say, Lucas, please include me in your prayer. I'm not gonna get you to come out the front or anything like that tonight. Because we want, we want you to be able to stay in the room for Shredder Sunday in a moment. But just so I'm going to get you to put your hand up so I know who to include in the prayer. With every eye closed, every head bowed. I count to three. And if you're not of those two groups, you'll lift your hand, I'll see you, you'll put it down. One, friend, I tell you, He loves you more than you've ever dreamed or imagined. Two, it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been or who you are. You're God's precious son or precious daughter. Three all over this place right now. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We wanna take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.